That's one small step for brands. One giant leap for brand kind. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Food Chain presented by Perfy. Today's special guest, we got Veer from Range Me, the SVP of supplier success with us. Veer, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Likewise, man. So I want to start off with how you got to where you are today. I know you have an awesome background. You went to UK, you went to school in North Carolina, then you spent some time in Australia. Tell me about that story. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I was born in India. I went to a boarding school in the south of India, very British military style. And after boarding school, a lot of my family lives in North Carolina and in the Raleigh area. So when I was looking at colleges, NC State was one of the options. Went there. Raleigh's a great town. You know, I see a lot of people moving back there now, actually, to the Raleigh and Charlotte City. So had a great four or five years there. And then life just unfolded the way it did. It's one of the things that I'm always open to, which is where's the next step and how is that going to play out? So went back to India for a few years, then Australia came knocking, went there, and that's when I joined RangeMe. I saw this ad for a startup that was looking for someone to help with business development and sales and marketing. And I knew right away, I was like, okay, this is a new company that's just starting up. That's also where the name gets attributed to, which totally random fun fact for anyone that's listening in Australia and also in the UK, they're called range reviews instead of category reviews. So it's you go up to a buyer and say, when's your next range review for my range of products? And that's why we decided to call it range me, which, you know, obviously when we moved here to the US now, seven and a half years ago, it didn't make sense to anybody. Everybody was like, what is range me? Why range me? That's like a mind blown emoji right there, because I do hear people call their product lines, their range or their range of products. And they call it, the funny part is they call their retailers. Like, so in, in the U S we call them store locators or like what's, what doors do you have or what stores do you have? They'll call it, which stockists do you have? <laughs> That's right. And there's, right. there's actually a store locator and the brand is called stockist. <laughs> there you go. There we yeah. go. Yeah, that's when I joined and very quickly we knew we were onto something big. It was the struggles for emerging brands continue. By no means is it easy and I know we're going to probably talk about some of those struggles right now. But eight years ago, it was even harder than it is today. So when our founder, Nikki Jackson, was trying to get one of her products into retailers, getting ghosted by buyers left, right and center, realized that there had to be a better way to help emerging brands connect with buyers from the top retail chains in the country. And so we moved into the U.S., set up shop in San Francisco, and haven't looked back ever since. So it's been a really wild ride, and we're continuing to do everything we can every day to support emerging brands. Yeah, that's epic. I like Range Me. Um, at Exo West, when I saw you there, one of my colleagues, Simon, was there, and he was all about Range Me. It was around 27, it was summer 2017. We were both at Legendary Foods, and he was like, have you guys seen this? This looks pretty cool. That was the first time I'd heard of you. That was pretty early on, right? That was. It was actually just when we were starting off here. So when I met Simon, too, and he said, oh, I knew you guys from way back then. He's one of the few that remembered us from way, way, way back then. But it's support like that has kept us going, and honestly, it's why we... At least me personally, wake up every day and the team as well to try and do better every day to help brands. 100%. What would you describe Range Me as to someone who may have never heard of it, whether they're an operator or not? 
the way I lead with is it's like LinkedIn for the CPG industry and we connect brands and buyers. You want to know what I can do? Yeah, go ahead, man. The match.com for buyers and brands. There you go. There you go. I'll take that over Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Christian mingle of CPG. <laughs> <laughs> Farmers only. Oh, man. Oh, man. But I do feel like it's an underrated component. It's one of the first things I signed up for early on with Perfy. And for any other founders listening, I'm not affiliated with RangeMe. We've been using it for our agency for quite some time. And there's a yearly fee that I paid for. I set up my profile, I'll dial it in, and we'll get to the details of it. But that one fee has generated 17x return. It took some time, but come and go found us through RangeMe. They asked for samples last April, and we're on their shelves this year as of the beginning of this month. So it's March that we're recording. So you can't sleep on it. It's music to my ears when I hear stuff like that, man. It's first off, congratulations to see where Perfy has been going and how quickly you've grown. It's just amazing. No doubt a testament to you. I know the product's fantastic. I personally have had it myself. And for everyone that's listening, I buy it myself. So there's no, no free samples involved. That's how you support friends and people in the industry. For us, when I think of Range Me and all of us too, the best we can most often do is try to get you in front of the right buyers at the right time. At the end of the day, the buyers are the ones that make the decision. But of course, what we want to try to do is make those decisions easier for them, more seamless for them, make the follow-up easier as well. And you hit on something really important when you said it took a while because it does. It's a reflection of the industry and the way the industry works where you may get a sample request today and it might take you 12, 18, 24 months sometimes to eventually get on shelf because of the process involved, depending on how large the retailer is and all the different red tape that you have to go through. But what you do know is that it's one of the most used resources for buyers to discover new brands. And so having a great presence and pushing yourself out there is really important. And in many cases, you're right, slept on. We have a lot of brands that use us. We have hundreds of thousands of brands and tens of thousands of buyers and retail chains but not all of them are active. Not all of them are logging in regularly like they would on their LinkedIn profile. And I always go back to that analogy because if you're not posting regularly on LinkedIn or interacting with other people's posts or sharing things by yourself, your network's not growing. Same way with RangeMe, if you're not going in and making sure it's updated, making sure that you're applying to all those limited time submissions or those retail opportunities, you're less likely to get success. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to drill into some ways that brands that have a Range Me profile can optimize their profiles. But before I do, just another funny story of how I used Range Me the first time, like for Perfy. Man, I sprayed and prayed so hard on I clicked all of the buttons. Anything that had one click submit, I just clicked everything. And I, after I saw like to the left of the call to action button, uh, you're out of submissions. Next time you could submit is like March 2023. I was like, oh, Fuck. What did I just do? So I don't do that anymore. I'm definitely more patient with it. And oftentimes it's not even me that fills it out. But if you do jump on range me, don't hit every blue button as soon as you join because it's not good. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's such a good point. I'm going to have to go back to that session of yours a year ago and then find the recording and then use it in future education. <laughs> yes. What not to do, like a big old infomercial red X over my screen screen recording because I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll submit to that. Like there was like a pet food thing. Sure, I want to be a part of that. And it was the absolutely wrong thing to do. I submitted everything. But if you could find it, yeah, it'll be pretty funny. Like watch it with the team. You guys will get a good laugh. That's amazing. I'm going to look through it. Yeah, it's one of those things where as 
people that aren't buyers, but there are some brands that are or were ex-buyers. There's such a wide understanding of what's involved in the buyer's day-to-day. And buyers are slammed. They're getting hit up with all sorts of things. And in some cases, they're helping install now too. You saw all those news stories about during the pandemic, especially you had category managers helping stock shelves. It's hard for them. And, you know, when what we want to do is try to make it easier. And one of the ways we can do that is when they're specifically looking for new item, that's the best time to submit. It can also work well if you see that they've looked at you. And that's a good way for you to have some gentle follow-up to say, Hey, remember me. It goes back to that. You see it online a lot. You see some best practices in the industry. So let take eight to 10 touch points before a buyer actually comes back and says, yes, let's do it. Some of those will be on range me. If you're fortunate enough to be able to do a trade show, then some of those can be there. If you do one of our amazing ECRM programs, ECRM is the company that acquired range me six years ago. And that's another touch point because that's face-to-face and one-on-one and do as much as you can within the realm of the budget you have and cash flow that you've got. Yeah, that's a super interesting point. ECRM seems like a great opportunity, one that I haven't taken advantage of yet. But my g- girlfriend's cousin was a huge proponent of Range Me 2. He said, if you can do some of those ECRM like meetings, and they're very helpful. So shout out to Tony there. I want to drill in on buyers and how busy they are and how overwhelmed they are. Because there is, I don't go to networking events when I go to shows. I want to do my work, not over a beer, not that I don't want to. And I'd rather be at this, the booth and hope that a buyer walks by and be on point, not glossy-eyed and the whole deal. What is it? I've personally seen buyers or category managers in like networking events that are just like trying to hide. Why do you think that is? Like it's probably just human need, necessity to try to like get more face time with them. But what kind of stuff do you see that's kind of outlandish out there? Or if you don't have, you don't, if you don't want to share, you don't have to. Yeah, no, I'm happy to. You know, I'm with you. One, I don't drink anymore. I think I stopped drinking in June last year and I haven't looked back. Just feel way too much energy from it. When you go to networking events, it's really interesting because the very term networking means that you expect that there's business done or that there'll be business conversations. But when you look at a trade show and you look at, let's say, Expo West, for example, it was great to see you there again. It's so exhausting just going through the day-to-day of the trade show. I can't even imagine then the buyers at a networking event after the show having to field multiple people coming up to them and saying, you really should carry my product. You really should carry my product. At the end of the day, there's some separation that's needed. And I almost feel like they have to be different events where they don't even go because they're just recharging. And then you treat Expo West as, or any other trade show for that matter, as I'm here to do business. I'm here to discover new brands for my stores. I'm going in from 10 to 5 every day. And that's that. Yeah, I agree, man. As much as I, before I got into marketing, I was running a nightclub. Of course, I love getting after it, having fun, getting loose. It's just a fun thing to do, but it's not the place where I want to build business for Perfy. I just think there's too much opportunity for bad things. Like I just, I, I told this to Triple Whale. I don't have role models because I don't want the opportunity for them to let me down. Like imagine if Iron Man's your role model and Tony Stark all of a sudden is some like closet, like drug dealer or something like that. Like, dude, you're Iron Man. You don't need to sell. Like, so I don't really have role models, even with sports. I do follow UCLA sports, but that's about it. But going back to, to, to partying and things, I think the networking events at Expo and I sound like a Debbie Downer. I think that they're Trojan horses. I think they're Trojan horses for an event to be thrown and for people to absolutely solicit the daylights out of buyers and category managers. And that's just how I view it. I agree. And look, again, I don't think you're being a downer at all. I think 
Do I go to events sometimes? Yeah, I, I actually didn't. This year, I didn't go to anything post the show. I went to events that were happening during the show when there were some lunches. I'd much rather go to celebration events. I'd much rather go to an event where there's an accelerator putting on the event for the brands that are part of their cohort that just got selected. The problem I have too with some of these networking events, if we're calling them networking events, which they are, they get called those, is that's another widening of the gap that already exists for underrepresented brands. And as someone that's a minority, I have a big issue with being part of groups like Project Potluck are amazing because you get into a room and everybody looks different, which is great because they look different to the rest of the mass that's at the expo. But when you think about networking events, traditionally they have been used. I'm happy to fight with anyone on this point. They have been used to separate the haves and the haves not. It used to be, oh, this investment fund or this VC is setting an investment dinner for only fancy people that are part of their circle. Guess who loses? The brands who don't have those connections, didn't go to Ivy League schools, don't have the kind of funding to be part of their portfolio. And so by nature, in my opinion, most of our industry networking events were set up to continue to widen that gap. It's 2023. Let's stop with that nonsense. Have people go to Boots, see the products, judge people based on the quality of the products and the person behind it. And that's where the business starts and stops. Amen. I see too many, and I'll preface this, like I'm not a victim. I chose to start a beverage company. I chose this challenge and I chose all of the other challenges that preceded this opportunity. So I'm not complaining from like a, oh, woe is me. But I will say that I observe some dinners that are just like, damn, I, don't, I can't believe this can be posted these days. And all I want to say is, I just want to say this, get to know us. Like I might have tattoos. Other Mexican founders might have tattoos. That's how we came up. It's part of our culture. It just is what it is. I may speak Spanish. I may not. I may use curse words. I may dress up. I might dress down. But there are so many like cool kids events where you're right. It's the separating the perceived haves and perceived have-nots because I think there's a lot of people that don't get the chance that are just absolutely badass. And that's how I hire at my agency. I don't just have Perfy. I've got my agency as well. And it's always a motley crew. It's always, I don't care what your background is. I care like what type of person are you? And I think that's, yeah. it's the one reason is, and I, it's so funny, we're getting into this. I was trying to avoid this. Everyone thinks that a founder that's not of color is a safe bet. But all I want to ask those people is how are the safe bets from 2020? And how many of those are doing down rounds this year? That's my only question. I have two questions. Yeah, look, it's one of those things where I'm with you. It's over eight years of range me. I've seen hundreds of thousands of bread. Come, go, stay in business, barely survive, be successful, fold within the first year. You name the scenario, I've seen them all. And while I do see some positive movement to level the playing field more and more, it's important that we're all honest with ourselves and the industry is honest with itself to say it's going to take decades for that playing field to get leveled. Yes, there are more opportunities today than there were five years ago, but by no means does it mean that gaps are widening. And yes, not every white founder gets the same resources. There's no doubt about that. But the reality is when you look at the percentage of funding in CPG, any other industry, but we're just talking CPG here, that goes to women or minority owned in general. It's a tiny percentage. So I'm with you on, you know, continuing to push the industry to challenge the industry to say, how about just giving people the chance based on the product yeah. and then going from there. But, you know, we probably need another whole podcast to talk identity. Let's go to something tactical. How can people put their best foots forward on ranged me that they aren't currently using or that are easily to skip? 
Yeah, I'm happy we're going there. You know, it's to me, there's a couple of different ways, and you can see that with the buyer behavior on Range Me Too. They used to spend a lot of time browsing. Now, what they're doing is they're coming to us and saying, for this category with these particular attributes, I'm looking for new brands and products. Go out and put the invite for people to apply, and then I'll look at every application. And they are, they're committing to look at every application. We're still not there yet where if they don't select you to the next round, they're giving full details. We're working on trying to hold them to give us more information. But those applications that are called limited time submissions on RangeMe are the best way for you to get into the retailers that you're looking for. We did about 400 of them last year. We're already on track to do about 600 this year. And those could vary between they're just going on RangeMe and looking at the applications and they'll answer you. They could meet with you in person once you've actually applied and been selected. And that could be either facilitated by our ECRM team or by the retailer itself. And an example of that was Albertson's Launchpad. The Innovation Launchpad campaign started several months ago. They selected several brands to then meet them at Expo West. And then three brands, including Dream Pops, which is an amazing brand, won. And so that's an example too, where the initial application process started with us because we're able to cast such a wider net. And I do feel like we encompass a much wider variety of emerging brands than you would get in any other industry events. Very interesting. And regarding the profile in particular, there were some things that you walked me through where my header of my profile was, it's actually this exact picture that's on my background. You know, like maybe you can add a couple, you know, points of difference or unique selling propositions. Talk to me more about that. Yeah. One, your profile looks amazing now. So thank you. You know, if anyone wants any tips, they should just come to you and get a screenshot of what yours look like. But it goes back to the buyer behavior and how busy they are. And so how do you give the buyer, no matter who he, she, or they are, all the information they need in a quick snapshot that at least differentiates your product? Further details and information can always be exchanged at the next step. So that starts with your packaging, making sure that it's really the hero. They need to visualize what that's going to look like, either their brick and mortar shelves or online. And then within that image, calling out those unique attributes. Is it low sugar? Is it only 20 calories? Is it organic? Is it non-GMO? Have you recently won an award? Those kind of things very quickly tell them this product is clearly different to many others and make them much more likely to engage. If you have someone in a hammock as your image, you're not really going to get a buyer messaging you. But if you have a sunscreen that says paraben-free, all natural, that's when, and it shows the actual packaging, that's when they're going to respond. Yeah, I think that comes down to understanding your audience too. For like the hammock might be a great social post or an ad that has like the sunscreen in it, but the buyers, they give two customers, right? You have the buyer and your end customer. You've got to sell to the buyer, so you got to tell them the things that are important. They show the hammock on social or on the ad or something like that. I think it comes down to that. One thing I want to get into is I think you guys are doing something great with the award-winning brands, but how do you incorporate new trends? I'll give some color here. Early on, people that perfy with, they perceived it to be too close to other category captains right now, but that's in the gut health kind of subcategory. And perfy is a brand health soda. And when you're one of the first in the door, you're going to get the bloodiest. And it's a lot on me to educate buyers like, hey, we're not like Olipop or Poppy, where I guess we're like them, but we're for brain health, not gut health. Two different things. Mintel recently released, I think it was January, they released what are the trends for this year. And one of the main ones was like the mood boosting brain health type products. Then you see that at Expo West, a lot of mood boosting, a lot of brain health. 
And there's tons of other research that shows that gut health is going to sustain. It's not a trendy thing. It's going to be something that sticks. But brain health is that new wave. How does Range Me support suppliers get that messaging across to the buyers who are looking for differentiation? Yeah, it absolutely is a great new wave. And I hope it stays for a while because I have some of my favorite brands that I purchase on a regular basis and IQ Bar is one of them. So shout out to Will and the products that him and his team make. What we do, as good as the platform is, we know that you still need people behind the platform to find these new brands, stay on top of these innovative brands that are coming up and then make buyers aware of it. So our retail team is fantastic. They have great relationships with all the top buyers. The buyers rely on them to constantly be looking attend trade events if possible, go to ECRM programs and see what's coming up. And that way they can take those new emerging brands and send them to buyers and say, hey, in case you missed it, you should really check this out. Then what starts to happen is as more buyers look at something new, then you pop into a collection that's called Trending on Range Me. And trending is not based on dollar value sales because again, we're all about leveling the playing field. It's based on the engagement you're getting from buyers in a particular time period. So as more buyers start looking at you and you show up in that collection, then even more buyers look at you because you're in the trending collection. So that's one way we do it. And then within those limits, that's for new trends and innovation. But within that, we can get as granular as possible. We really do push sustainability. We push diversity. So if you have any of those attributes that hit your profile as well, then they layer in and they become even more reasons for the buyer to interact with you. Thanks for reminding me. I forgot to add in our One Tree Planted partnership. So I've got to add that in my profile. Yeah, uh, yeah, please do. It makes a massive difference. Good call. And what does it look like for someone who's never used Range to use it right now? They just pop in and they get they get a look under the dashboard or is there like a one week free trial? How can other brands be a part of this? Yeah, you know, what we've always wanted to do is because we created this for emerging brands and to give them a level playing field, we always want to have the barrier to entry be no cost. So Range is always going to have its free version. It's now even easier than ever before. Literally as of three days ago, it takes about 20 minutes to set up your profile if you have the images and the information needed. Now you can start with four or five fields and then add more fields later. You may not have your packaging dimensions and all of that information. You can get that later, no problem. And when you consider starting for free, you're still discoverable by buyers. They can find you anytime. You can send them your link if you know their email addresses or you can share the link on your email. A lot of people do that. They share their RangeBee profile URL, share it on LinkedIn. That's always a good idea as well. And then if you are really interested in standing out and getting more of those bells and whistles, that's where our premium service comes in. And at $1,400, one of the reasons why we created it too is, again, that whole level playing field argument when a buyer looks at their profile or their dashboard, it's very similar to an Instagram feed. Each square, each tile is a brand. It doesn't matter if that brand is doing $100 million in sales or $1,000 in sales. The size of the square is the same. And that's to allow the buyer to have the same experience and then judge it based on the brand, the attributes, and the products rather than you walk a trade show floor and you've got a $200,000 booth right next to a first-time exhibitor and it's absolutely not a level playing field. So that's where the premium service comes in, but we'll always have the free version so that the barrier to entry can be low. And I think there's also a misconception with some founders that I've spoken to about, oh yeah, you guys charge so much every year and you must be doing amazingly well, ma making brands pay. It's always optional. 15% of our entire platform is on the premium service. The rest is free. They start using it for free. 
they get comfortable with it. Then they realize, hey, I really want to see who's looking at me because I'm starting to get more hits. That's when the premium service comes in. And we're always here to help. I love it. You helped me. I think I figured out early on, but I didn't realize how important it was. If you are going to do it, make sure you get this, you certify your brand. You got to have the blue check or whatever it is on Range Me. You got to have the green check mark. Yeah, you yeah, the green right. check. My bad. No, it's all good. Range Me verified. And why we did that was, yes, you have to be paying for the premium service, but you need the bare basics required for retail shelves. And to a lot of people listening, they might go, doesn't everybody? That's not the case. We get a lot of brands that start up that are selling at a farmer's market, don't have liability insurance, or don't have their barcodes fully done or their packaging fully ready. And you need to have all of that to get the green check mark. It's 12% of all brands that have it. So no matter what a buyer does, they're looking at brands with that check mark first. And therefore, they're much more likely, actually seven times more likely, to interact with the brand that's verified versus not. I want to just chime in here for, it's a little teal. So we're, I think we're both right here. It's a, I just logged in just because like, I swear that thing was blue, but I was thinking of the check mark on Dr. Perfy. It's teal. So I think we're both technically right because teal is blue and green. <laughs> I think so. I think so. There you go. So you can see, I clearly know my range B, but not my color. So. No, no, it, you're right. I'm just bullshitting you. It's green. But yeah, no, this is extremely helpful. If you're not on range B, you got to get on. You can, I'm literally just logged into mine just so I can add some color to this, to this conversation. You could see which retailers are looking at your profile what they've done, how you compare against the category in terms of SRP, price to the your wholesale price. It's all good stuff. And there's tons of opportunities on here for your brand to stand out. If you haven't yet, you got to check it out. And if they like you, then you'll get into a ton of new retail stores through Rainy V2. Yeah, Come and Go is a big one. And I, I still remember they asked for samples last in March or April. It might have been February, right when we launched. And it wasn't until August or September they said, hey, we want to bring you on to our spring reset. So it took some time. It's a different different distributor, uh, and that takes its own time too. But overall, we're finally in and we're doing well. Can you like re-record that for some of the haters out there? Because, you know, I, it is frustrating <laughs> sometimes, man. Hey, everyone is entitled to have their opinion, and I get it. But I, I've seen posts on LinkedIn sometimes where without the person wanting to reach out or have a conversation or even understand if they can do anything different, it's, this shit doesn't work for me. I, you know, it's a waste not actually true. It actually it works. We've got hundreds of thousands of brands that have had great success. And all I say to those people is have a conversation. Let's start a dialogue. Reach out mm -hmm. to me. I'm always happy to get on a call. We have amazing people on our team that can help. Let us help you. Because guess what? No one benefits if you're being angry about it because then we can't help you. So just be open to a conversation and we'll help. Yeah, super important. I would definitely reach out to Vera if you guys are having any trouble. Your DMs are going to be off the hook now, dude. So I'm sorry in advance. Uh, Vera, this has been a great help and I appreciate your time. I will link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. I'll link to Range Me in the show notes. And I appreciate everything you've done. Sounds good, man. It's always good catching up and we, you know, continued success massively to Perfy. And there's no doubt that you continue to smash it. Thank you so much. Thank you.